The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's happening this week on your favorite soap opera? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. This has definitely been a somber week across the country. Before we start with today's show, on behalf of everyone at SoapCentral.com and Soap Central Live, I'd like to extend our thoughts and prayers to everyone that's been affected by the horrific events in Boston and in West Texas this week. I'd also like to convey my condolences to the family and loved ones of Allison J. Waldman, one of our Two Scoops columnists who, this week, lost her battle with cancer. We have a special tribute to Allison coming up later in today's show. I have to tell you that I received a lot of messages, particularly in, say, the past 24 to 48 hours from folks who were wondering if we would be doing an episode of Soap Central Live this week. And I have to tell you, that's a question that I often wrestle with because, let's face it, there are far more important issues taking place than what we discuss here in the course of an hour. While I take my work on SoapCentral.com and SoapCentral Live seriously, I think that we all understand that in the scope of life, sometimes our love of soaps has to take a back seat. I'm also aware that there are many of you out there who, in times of pain or anxiety, turn to a place that can sort of let your mind wander, a place where it's free of any worries and you can sort of go away for that hour or maybe even longer. So it's for that reason that we are here today for our weekly chat about anything and everything soap. I hope that you will enjoy this next hour because fittingly, today's show is about memories and celebrating everybody out there who has made a difference in our lives through their love of the soap opera genre. Coming up at, I would say, about the 25-minute mark or so, we'll be getting an update on the new web series whose stars are soap fans and the actors that they love. And as I mentioned later in the show, we'll also have a special tribute to our very own Allison J. Waldman. But at first, General Hospital's 50th anniversary may have taken place earlier this month, but it doesn't mean that we can't take some time to reflect on some of our favorite moments from Port Charles' past. I mean, there are so many memories, not on, on just on General Hospital, but certainly on any of the other soaps. Some of the soaps have had crossovers with GH, and that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm sure that a lot of you out there who are listening may want to share some of your personal favorites, your favorite memories, your favorite characters, those moments that will live in your mind forever. So if you're listening and you'd like to call in and talk about those with us, you certainly can do so. Call our toll-free on-air hotline at 866-472-5788. Again, that's 866-472-5788. You can also share them with us on Twitter at Soap Central or at Soap Central Live. Take your pick. I'll poke around there during the course of the show and read off some of the things that you guys have said are your favorite moments from the past 50 years of GH. But joining us this week as our first guest is someone 
who is, I guess, a friend of the show by now. In fact, he's been here so much that I'm kind of worried that maybe he's going to stage a takeover of the show. So I've got to watch my back. He's a former <laughs> casting coach for General Hospital. He's now a partner in Payos Revolution, John Homa. John, do I have to watch my back? Are you secretly here scoping it out to take over? Dan, you always have to watch your back. I will, well, then always. I'll definitely do that. Hey, you're from Philly, man. You should know that. <laughs> that's that's definitely true. For uh... now, here's the thing I got to say. I mean, I you know I had a bunch of jokes, but I mean your lead into this thing just kind of stopped me cold. Uh, first of all, my most sincere condolences on your loss. Thank you. With Allison, uh, and if I lose it here, my niece is right now in surgery. Um, you know, dealing with the whole potential, you know, cancer thing. I said I lost my dad to it. My sister has it. It's horrendous. Uh, you know, the personal loss, the, the, the mass loss as far as, you know, what happened in Boston is just ridiculously horrific. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway. Well, and for folks out there who are listening, part of what we were thinking of talking about in the scope of GH history is there are a lot of big event type of things and i think that as we move forward in this anniversary year certainly you know we'll have you back john to talk about some of those but i think you know considering the fact that there are people who are dealing with some real life big events we're going to put that on hold and sort of focus on some of the other aspects of general hospital particularly some of the ones that i think that maybe don't get the attention that they should which are the folks who are behind the camera that we don't get to see on screen but Circling back a little bit, we, we mentioned that you're not with General Hospital anymore, but I would say that it's safe to assume that you still consider everyone at GH your your family. Oh, no, definitely family. I mean, I talked to uh, so many of the guys, you know, 18 years. I mean, you just, yeah. it doesn't go away uh, just because you go away. Uh, the whole thing we're going to talk about with Kimberly McCullough and Michael Sutton and looking back, thanks to Kristen Day, uh, going through boxes and boxes of stuff that I had, you know, uh, just stored away and finding, you know, Robin's diaries and all that and going through that and, and what that, you know, brings you back to is just amazing. And uh, again, it's family. And some of those guys, um, I was just talking to a friend of mine, uh, that, was lighting, uh, lighting director and worked in other capacities, Randy Morager, for, I think he was on the show for 30 years, and the guy's 50. You know, uh, it's just, and, and family, there were father sons that came in, you know, the, the son of the man that worked for so long, uh, and then you follow in his father's footsteps, and I mean, next door to, what flipped me out was next door to, uh, General Hospital set once they moved from uh, Sunset Gower over to Prospect Park uh, was uh, American Bandstand. And mm -hmm. then Welcome Back Cotter. And those guys work with Travolta and all the other guys uh, that were involved in that show and Barney Miller. And it goes back and back and back. It's just, it's crazy. If people were there, some people were there literally almost 40 years. It's and crazy. so it truly is. I mean, it is a family. And, uh, you know, going to Michael Sutton, um, you know, the death of Stone Cates, and I think I hit upon this a little bit in the blog. I don't know what exactly all of it made it to print, but, you know, Stone Cates dies, which was, I mean, 
as far as the storyline goes, devastating enough. But Michael Sutton is no longer there. And this is somebody you work, you know, side by side with every day. And all of a sudden you realize, I'm not going to see Michael anymore. So there's a, a really bizarre parallel here in terms of the loss for the viewership of Stone Cates, but the loss of someone that you work with every day. And you don't know if you're going to see them again. And no, I mean, luckily for me, I mean, Michael and I, you know, we formed a sick friendship and bond over the whole thing. But even then, lives go different ways. And uh, Robin's Diaries uh, made it possible for me to, I mean, gave me a real strong reason to reach out to Michael and Kimberly and to see them and hang out with them and, and then, you know, sparking memories from what happened, uh, just sitting down and talking for half an hour when I went over to get these guys to uh, just to sign you know, sign the book and, you know, be able to put that up on Indiegogo. And Indy, by the way, uh, I have to hit it or, or Doc, my partner, is going to hit me. <laughs> we need, we need fan support on this thing. I mean, we're working 24-7. We're really exhausted. We, we need to bring everybody to it, whatever you guys can do to help, you know, help this cause out. And, again, cancer we're talking about today. Um, there's a great kid in, in Toledo, Ohio, Albert Bryant, that made me his make-a-wish. And I, wow. I, I don't know what you can say to that. I mean, to have some 14-year-old, he's now 17, but have a 14-year-old that makes you, you know, I got one wish. I want to spend it with this guy. I mean, the responsibility that ends up uh, you having to shoulder. But these causes, cancer, autism, uh, the, the make-a-wish causes. We we want to reach out to everybody, and especially getting the maybe the smaller causes that people don't necessarily hear about every day. But the only way we can do that is if we bring people to Indiegogo to help us out. Get Perfect Day launched. Get us out there, because one's going to get another and, and another and another and another. So, that being said. Back to General Hospital and, uh, and back to the, you know, the, the Robin and Stone storyline, which was amazing. It was a life changer for me, um, and the people that have brought me together with, uh, Vanessa Marcel, Maurice Bernard, Steve Burton, um, Rena Sofer, Wally Kurth, Alan, uh, uh, Stuart Damon, uh, Alan Quartermain, mm-hmm. uh, Monica, Leslie Charleston, it, that one storyline changed the lives of so many oh, absolutely. fans and 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 you know and crew and cast alike. It's one of those things that just completely bonds you with someone, and and that bond's never going to change. I'll see those people. Like I said, I ran to Sean Kanan yesterday, just out of the blue. Haven't seen Sean in you know I don't know how long, and that thing that brings you together will never just never change um anyway so you're absolutely right i mean one of the things that we're going to talk for folks out there who want to get the information about perfect day we're going to talk about that in a little bit we also have the link just posted on our twitter feed something that uh, sort of struck with me as you're talking about that we know that soaps have a tendency to have some soapy storylines things that are you know maybe not meant to be serious we have the cat fights and uh, you know, evil twins and things like that. I'm wondering for you as someone who coaches someone on their acting, 
What do you tell them when they're approaching a storyline like an HIV AIDS storyline that is so based in reality and is something that is unfortunately a very real event in people's lives? Is there a different approach to that type of story? Yeah. I mean, look, I'm a maniac in life. Uh, just ask my kids. But <laughs> when it comes to work and this, I can maybe be a little more intense than people expect. And with this one, talking to Wendy Rich, uh, and again, I have to clarify something that was said earlier. Uh, uh, just uh, not casting coach, acting coach, Mark Teshner, our casting director, amazing. Right. But, uh, and not to throw you under a bus, uh, but I it made it very clear to Wendy I wasn't interested in doing this if we weren't going to do it for real. Because, again, I think the last time I, I talked to you, we touched too many people's lives. I mean, people that just turn on a, a station for a second, if they've been touched by this for real, we cannot in any way insult them. So to make sure right. that we did this and did it right is very, very important to me. Um, I, I come from a huge family, and there's the losses that you experience – uh, and again, I've been called maybe the most sensitive, tough guy you're ever going to meet. I mean, I got broken hands, broken noses. But the other thing about me is that this stuff. It's just uh, you're. I'm a mush when it comes to it. And to make sure we got it right, to make sure we just got it right, and to approach this, there's there's kind of a duality here. To have an actor have to deal with the emotional understanding of goodbye forever. Hmm. Is um, I mean, the burden goodbye forever. That's it. You're not going to be here anymore. I mean, if anybody out there is listening that experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it's something that will pop into your head every time you see a movie where someone dies, where a television show when your favorite character. It makes you have to think about it. You have to address your own morality or, or mortality in this, and to be able to work with an actor, and just on that level, in five minutes you're not going to be here anymore. That's hard enough. Now, also, oh by the way, yeah, you're going to be blind. Okay, yeah. So we have to deal with that now. So you have the technical demands of, of that aspect of it. And the one thing, uh, even when I was studying as an actor, the one thing that we did address specifically, get the technical stuff down. I mean, with little kids, because I, I have a history of working with you know kid actors, and the one thing, you audition, you audition, you audition. You're in the same room you know, for four or five auditions. You get cast in the part, now you're on set. And there's a hundred people flying around. There's stuff moving. There's cameras moving. So I made it a point to make sure that the actors that I work with, especially the young guys, understood the technical demands first. If you can do that, then you walk on. There's no surprise. Then you're freed up to deal with the emotional aspect of it. And, you know, working with Michael on this thing, the hard part, I said, you know what? When you are suffering from a thing that you know you're not going to come back from, and in, in those days, right. there was no coming back from it, I said, you're probably the one that laughs the loudest, 
but you also might be the one that ends the laugh the quickest because it will it will hit you you know it will hit you in such a way that it, it will bring you back to a sober reality it's so so fast but now okay let's go back to the the, the blind thing there's a thing we used to call and I, i'm not a real technical uh i mean a book guy when it comes to acting um but there was a thing called, you know, the impediment, the thing that stops you from doing things every day. It's like if you have an accent, uh, an accent, if you have, or you're missing a leg, if you're doing this, whatever. Uh, Butterflies Are Free was a play that I ended up doing in New York and had me blind. So what I did was every day when I got home, my dog in New York and I would hang out, but I had this blindfold that I made for myself, so it was pitch black. So every time I went into my apartment, from that point until the next morning, everything I did, I couldn't see. Wow. And it becomes so amazingly apparent to you. People can't move things. People, you, everything that you have has to be in a certain place. And the, the cliched part about, yeah, the other senses are heightened, they are. You, you hear things differently. You you focus differently on whatever it is. I mean, somebody new enters a room, you know it. You hear a door, like all those things. But going back to set now, you can't have the blindfold on. So it's actually like a muscle memory thing. If anybody here that's listening ever had this happen to them, you're daydreaming. Just sitting in an airport, you're daydreaming. And you realize as you come out of the daydream, you're actually staring at somebody. And they're looking at you, and you go, God, no, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't really looking at you. I was just, but that, that kind of dulled muscle thing in the yeah. eye, that is one of the things I had Michael really focus on. I mean, you have, to, you, you have to let that muscle memory come in and focus on a spot, like a shoulder, because when you can't see you have to listen so you end up really listening but the eye doesn't it can't respond to any movement that goes past it i mean if a fly goes by you you can't you know drift off to the fly because then you know your eyes attracted to motion so i said try to find a spot you know just on close to the head and just fix on that and and let that muscle just kind of dull out but you really have to listen more. Now, once you get that down, I'm done. This is probably the most boring thing you guys are ever going to hear out there as we're talking about acting, you know, technically. But it's a muscle thing. It's a physical action. And that, to me, was really important acting-wise, uh, most anything. I mean, you, you, you pick up a phone and you hear someone died on the other end of the phone. It's a, it's a physical thing. Like, what is it like to to know that you're going to throw up and not want... What do you do mm. to not do that? What do you do to stop yourself from crying? What are wow. the physical actions? I said, when people try to, uh, you know, we have to uh, play the fear aspect. Nobody ever gets up during the day to say, look, uh, I'm, going to be, I'm going to cry today or I'm going to be afraid today. And fear is one of those things that launches and it comes right back down as far as an adrenaline rush is concerned. It's more important to understand what you do in relationship to the fear. 
what do you do to protect yourself? If you're blind, what do you do to now move around a room? And that muscle memory becomes very important. Once you get that, then you're freed up to now deal with the emotional understanding uh, you know, behind it. And again, you know, the thing about the blindness, too, as part of you know, an AIDS-related, like a collateral damage, the worst part is waking up every day knowing it's not going to get better. Right. See, we go to the doctors, and, and they give you something, and you get better. With this, every new thing that Michael had to deal with was just one more indication of you're going to die. It's not going to get better. I think it's also important to note, too, there, there are some listeners who may be on the younger side who are listening to this and, and have a different understanding of it because certainly the treatment uh, of HIV and AIDS has changed over the years. And it, when General Hospital did this, this was certainly... It was a very groundbreaking storyline. I know that all my children had done a storyline, but for, for GH to have a young person uh, involved in an AIDS storyline was extremely groundbreaking. And I'm, I'm looking at our Twitter feed, and there are a lot of people who this is, has struck a nerve, and they're remembering when this played out for them. I see that uh, Susan, who's known as Happy Tess on Twitter, had said that this was uh, one of her favorite storylines, but not in the sense that it was a happy storyline. Right. Normally when you think of favorite storylines, it's it's something happy like a wedding or, or a birth. And for a lot of people, this is something that maybe it changed even the way that they looked at their daily lives, which, you know, maybe folks who are quick to discount soaps might not realize that this really was an educational tool and maybe a wake-up call for a lot of people. Yeah, very much so. And, and Kimberly, you know, we, we talked again about, you know, this uh, – after-school special, basically, that we did, and, uh, you know, trying to shine a very bright light on this. I think the last time I talked to you, Dan, uh, my wife came up through the Bloomingdale's organization in New York, and uh, 10 years there, and her very, very, very best friend, Victoria. The guys that worked there, now, the Stone-Kate storyline, it, it, it veered away from the sexual aspect in terms of, you know, guy, girl, guy, guy, whatever. Mm -hmm. It went to, you know, intravenous, you know, drug use that, you know, so what I thought was very important about that was everybody out there thinking AIDS was specific to a, to a sexual orientation. Yeah. And, you know, even though there was a, 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 I mean, a bulk, yes, but guys, wake up. It's not just, it's not just that. and, And these guys are human beings. Victoria lost probably 20 of her really close friends. And these are young men. I mean, 25 to 30 years old. It's like, it's horrible. But open your eyes, because those people that want to shut their eyes, they thought, well, that doesn't concern me. That's, that's not a population that I'm involved with. To now shine a light on, hey, pal, it's not, no, you have to wake up. Yeah. Intravenous drug use. I mean, there's there's so many different ways that that we can contract this, and just the heartbreak of it. But open your eyes to the reality of it. And I thought General Hospital and the way they did it, 
Yeah, I was so impressed with them uh, for this and the painstaking uh, way they developed this story. And it wasn't just a month. I mean, it was like eight months, nine months. I mean, you you truly live this thing out with these guys. <sighs> anyway. Well, no, I mean, it's for me, and uh, we have a call that we're going to take in, in just a quick second from someone who's listening who wants to talk about their favorite memory. But something for me, I had mentioned with all my children during the storyline, it's interesting and fascinating to see how the first time that HIV AIDS was touched on on a soap with on all my children when you dealt with the, oh, you can get it from kissing, you can get it from, uh, you know, the, from going to the bathroom where they were dispelling that rumor mm-hmm. to going to general hospital where it was a totally different topic and then moving on and showing Robin dealing with the disease that could be, for all intents and purposes, controlled to a certain extent. I think that in the course of, what is it, maybe 20 years or so to show how a soap has been able to uh, and two soaps in this case, to be able to really focus on it and bring that out there and to continue to encourage people because I know, and we all know, unfortunately, there are people who still have those uh, misconceptions, misconceptions or the, the ignorance, if, if, I yep. mean, to take it to another level, who yep. will say that it's a punishment for something, uh, that it's, uh, See, to know, me, we, we won't go we too far that down word that line. Ignorance. I'll tell you what, there's nothing wrong with ignorance we are all ignorant at one point absolutely to allow the ignorance to continue when you have the information available to you to now affect the change in how you think if you're going to allow yourself to remain ignorant then you become stupid i hope that's, that makes sense to everybody no, that's, that heard that that's ignorance absolute. is one thing that's that's not a fault we're all born ignorant but to have information at your disposal and not and not use it, that's just stupid. We want to take that call from, uh, we have a caller from Bonnie, uh, who I know wants to talk about one of her favorite moments while we let that, what John just said, sink in, because I think that's extremely profound. Again, you may not expect that from a soap show, but sometimes we have very profound moments here. But let's bring in Bonnie to talk about her favorite GH moment. Bonnie, welcome to Hi. Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. Thanks. I'm sorry for the loss of the Soap Central family right now. Well, thank you so much. Um, my favorite memory, and talking about the AIDS story, you guys forget about the AIDS quilt from One Life to Live. Mm, that's that's true. That is very true. My uh, uh, Certainly, definitely was an oversight to not even mention that. And I think, if my mind sets it correctly, that was around the same time with the Robin and Stone AIDS story thing. I, I think that you're absolutely right. I think that you're absolutely right. So let's, I, I know that this is an opportunity. We had you mm-hmm. waiting for a little longer. Uh, I know that you want to talk about General Hospital since that's one of I your do. favorite soaps. What is, hard to pick one, but what would you say is your most favorite moment from GH? Wait a minute. Gosh, I would Bonnie. say, yes. Bon, where are you from? I'm from Massachusetts. Okay. Yeah, okay, I was trying to pick the accent. Uh, actually, my <laughs> wife's name is Bonnie, so I was just trying to find the accent, but I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's okay. I'm from Massachusetts. It's kind of hard to pick up my accent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, my favorite GA storyline, when, when the younger generation, when um, Jason and Brenda and Karen and Rob and back in the high school days, because um, that's when I first started watching it, and I was like, 
18 years old. And the only reason why it sticks out in my mind, the way it was cast, the way it was done was so marvelous and everything else. How did they get along on the show and after the show is what I want to know. Wait, how did they get along? Yeah, friendship-wise. Oh, uh, amazingly. <laughs> I'm, I mean, you're going to have your dynamic, you know, in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have to say, walking, see, that that was a little bit before I came on the show. I came on the show in 94. Okay. And, you know, the, the things that I marveled at was certainly there was a, a certain lack of sophistication in, uh, as far as the acting goes because you're, you're hiring really young actors, and a lot of them didn't have that much experience. But what I loved about them was it didn't make any difference. Like Vanessa Marcel as Brenda, mm-hmm. she was going to rise to the occasion no matter what. And that was one of the things that really helped me with Kimberly, because Kimberly had been on the show for a long time, but my focus went to Vanessa, because she didn't have a lot of technique, but she was, she just, she's such a survivor. She refused to fail. And I was trying right. to get Kimberly to get a hold of some of the stuff that Vanessa had. And then, you know, with Burton, with Steve Burton as Jason, um, who ended up, you guys know this by now, I mean, we, we got, my son was his ring bearer in his wedding. I mean, this is like how tight me and Steve got. Uh, again, that he was such an innocent in those days, and thank God for then the Jason Morgan change, you know, due to the accident, because it gave him a whole other thing to play. Um, Maurice's role at that point in time, uh, Antonio's role, all those guys, but they were Sean Kanan, who I said I, I just ran into, I mean, bizarrely yesterday, I haven't seen him forever. I was, I was in a restaurant, I, in comes Sean. Those guys were as tight as you could get. And when right. I walked in there, I really felt at that time, too, I was walking into a family. I mean, it's what made me want to work on the show, because originally I didn't. Uh, it wasn't, you know, daytime. Well, again, I was as prejudiced as a lot of people were against soap opera, and I, you know, kind of had my nose up in the air a little bit. <laughs> and then walking in there realizing, holy God, these guys, I mean, this is the hardest medium you're going to work in. And their family bond in there was amazing. And to be accepted, you know, in there as part of that group, again, uh, that was kind of like my right of entitlement. But Kanan, uh, Antonio, uh, Maurice, uh, Vanessa, Steve Burton, who else did you mention? Uh, there was somebody else that was a little bit before my time that... Uh, Antonio, uh, who was his love interest? I think we may have put. Uh, I think we may have lost Bonnie. But so we'll thank Bonnie for her call. Bye, hopefully, Bonnie. hopefully we got all of the answers there. And <laughs> we're talking about you know this this passion. You mentioned that you know maybe you had a little bit of a prejudice against soaps. Now I'm sure you were more than well aware of the fact that. Without this passion of soap fans, who are probably the most passionate group of people in the world, there would be no 50th anniversary. There would be no soaps coming back on the Internet. And I don't think that there would necessarily be a need for the series Perfect Day. We're going to do a little family reunion here and bring in Doc, Jeff Dockweiler, to talk about Perfect Day with you. So, again, you guys are here more than I am. Hello, Doc. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? 
I think I we're doing good. good. I, I look, no, I talked about like soap fans uh, who I freaking adore. Uh, they rival like World Cup soccer fans. It kind of is. I mean, the only anybody more insane than that. <laughs> the only thing we don't have is like a soap cheer when we're in the stands, you know, for our favorite, yeah. our yeah, favorite soap routine. Well, work. Well, maybe we'll make a ringtone or something out of it, and then make it available for people to download. But we've we've talked about Perfect Day, Doc. Since you're here, can you remind everybody who's listening who may have missed one of your previous appearances? What exactly is Perfect Day? Perfect Day is. Without a doubt, the best example of what Teos is all about, it's about the heart and soul of the soap world. It's, it's about saying thank you to a fan. It's about saying thank you actually to the fans on a collective level and giving them a chance, honestly, to get to know the actor who's playing those characters that you love so much. We've talked about it in the past uh, on this show and many others about how um, soap, soap actors are really that in a rare situation where they're thoroughly known for their character because many of them play them for 5, 10, 15, 20, in, in the case of, of people like Susan Lucci, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And you know them as that character, but don't get to know the great thing about them uh, you know, behind that. And this show gives us a real chance for not only a fan to get to spend their perfect day with their favorite soap fan or their favorite soap star, but they get to get to know a better side of them. And, and, and the vehicle that we give those guys to do that with is the opportunity to shine a light on a charity that they feel so strongly about that they want to share it with the world. And most importantly for us as a company that's kind of the little man out there, uh, as far as payos goes, and we're, and we're growing, but as, as the underdog, we also want to take care of those underdog charities. For example, the first episode is, is, uh, is going to highlight, uh, autism and shine a light on it as being something uh, much like cancer, something that is is it, it's affecting so many people, and uh, and my condolences again to your family. Uh, for Alice and I have one of my one of my best friends uh, in in the uh, in California, um, person who I've spent five or six of the last seven or eight uh, Thanksgivings with uh, is 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 fighting uh, colon cancer right now, and unfortunately for her, it wasn't detected until it was stage four. So she's got a crazy battle ahead of her, and it's just an eye-opener when it happens to someone close to you as well as anyone on an extended level. So my, my condolences go to you on that as well as the people in Boston for, for everything you guys discussed earlier with that. But the cool thing about Perfect Day is it, is it is something that can shine a positive light in television. Our TVs are filled with you know the negativity of bad reality TV, and I know we've had right. a lot of people say they don't want to support Perfect Day, because they don't want to support reality TV. They need to understand that this is not a reality show like anything you've seen before. This is a positive show that gives a positive light to many things. And so thank you to the guys that we're asking to watch it and to support it. And Indiegogo is the place you can go do that. And actually, John, uh, one other cheer we can actually add to that, we do want to have a soap cheer. It's something we started a few weeks ago with a blog I wrote um, that seems to be catching some momentum with Prospect Park and, and, and many other people is uh, the, the quote of one family, one goal, stay together. And we're going to have uh, one family T-shirts that we're going to be putting out sometime next week or the week after, and it'd be a great way to support us and support that cause and that mentality for everybody to stay together and support each other. Well, and, and you know what? I was putting something together today, I think. Uh, I don't know if I sent it to you or not. But looking at the guys that I worked with and – 
going into IMDb and seeing how many of these guys, like Rick Hurst, Billy Warlock, uh, that uh, uh, Laura Wright, even now Jeannie Francis, who I thought was just a general hospital person, how many of these guys went from guiding light to another world, to as the world mm-hmm. turns, to uh, go back to Nancy Lee Gron on you know Santa Barbara, you know, and now uh, General Hospital, all my children. It is one family, you know, and it, it, in order for everybody to survive and you know the crews to continue to work and people need to just work, you, you have to realize that. I mean, I, I think ABC and their well, Prospect Park and their struggle with ABC right now, they have to realize. We all cross over. We all have to stay alive. It is one family, one goal. Let's keep working. And when you talk about families, I mean, as we've all shared here, whether it be uh, with your niece, Jeff, or whether we're talking about your friend, Doc, um, or John, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the things that, uh, that you have to keep in mind is that sometimes it's extremely hard to get the footing to be able to make that difference. And with Perfect Day, I mean, yes, this, this is something that people may see as a reality series. And unfortunately, reality series through, well, we won't mention them by name, but through certain series, they've gotten a bad rap. And here's something that you want to use for a, a positive message. Something like here on Soap Central Live, we allow guests to come on and play one of our crazy little game shows to raise money for their favorite charities. We want to make sure that this message gets out there. We want to make sure that Perfect Day is created, that goes past the pilot episode, becomes a regular occurrence so that we can help make a difference for all of these charities that may be special to our favorite stars. So, Doc, what do we need to know? What do fans need to know to be able to get involved in this and make sure that this happens? Well, what they need to do is literally just support in any way they can, whether it's a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars. We've got a lot of, di- of different gifts out there that are rewards. Uh, and, and the thing I want everyone to know is, is, is how committed we are to the charity in, into this. The charitable side of this is so important to us that last time we were on your show, we were talking about starting our Kickstarter page. And we ended up doing Indiegogo instead of Kickstarter because Kickstarter won't allow you to give to a charity. And we're giving really? 10% of what, yeah. really. Wow. They don't allow it to be the focus. That's why we changed. And so, uh, so we found, we searched out and found Indiegogo. And the cool thing about it is we can overfund. So, like, uh, the, the thing that we're doing with Indiegogo is Jacob's Ladder is the place where my nephew, uh, is, is, uh, receiving his therapy and, and education and his push towards getting to, uh, being as functional as he can in his life. And it, it's a small place in Atlanta, Georgia, in the Atlanta, Georgia suburbs. Who, you know, when you give money to Autism Speaks and, and, and big organizations like that, which are great, and I love them because they're going to find, you know, the, the their research and their actions are going to help, you know, slow this if not put a stop to it. Hopefully one day. But the people like the Jacob Ladders of the world are are you know are missed in a lot of that. So we're giving 10% of everything we get. If we could, if we got every person who says they love sport, uh, love soaps to give a dollar, we'd have $2 million to shoot an entire season, and Jacob's Ladder would get $200,000 of a donation. And that, that's directly from payouts and the, and the efforts. So what we need everyone to do is go to Indiegogo, and, uh, and you can just Google Indiegogo if, if you forget the, uh, the website, which is simple because it's Indiegogo.com. But 
If you go to Indiegogo and you search Perfect Day, you'll find our page. And on our page, you can donate any amount of money you want. We have specified amounts uh, that have uh, rewards attached to them. But anything and everything that we can possibly put together, we're going to put out there to say thank you to you guys, but also to be able to do a show like this to say thank you to a fan in each, in each episode. Let me jump in. Uh, to be able to fund just this one show opens up the horizon to be able to fund now Perfect Days for all the other causes. Mm-hmm. And again, what Doc said earlier about, you know, the smaller causes, cancer, uh, autism, you know, with uh, Autism Speaks, yes, they're big, they're huge. And we want everybody to benefit from that, too. But there's also little guys out there, that, the ones that you may not hear from. I mean, something that's specific to your region that you want heard. You have a voice out there that's not being heard. Get it heard through, through payouts. Get it heard through Perfect Day. Uh, I, I, again, I'm going to go back to this, you know, being Make-A-Wish. I'm thinking... If I were to do a Make-A-Wish, I mean, if I were to do a perfect day, I'm going to go back to Toledo, Ohio. Like, what's, what's the perfect day in Toledo, Ohio, which no one would think about? But Albert Bryant's back there. Here's a kid out there now making movies on his own because of his connection with me. We need to shine a light on all this, and we need to now get those people that feel like they're not being heard. Come through us. We'll get you heard. But we have to be heard in order to get you heard. And I'll tell you, John, the other thing on top of that uh, that could really just be a full circle thing for us here is is an understanding of, of John and I as creators of shows. Um, we denied getting into the reality game for a long time because, like most listeners, we're not into those uh, negative-driven reality shows that are all about people's hurt and watching it basically a train wreck on television. And so we were hoping it would go away and hoping it would go away. And now that it hasn't, rather than allow that to be the stuff that's out there, why not create something that has a positive message and put that positive script, message out baby. there for people to enjoy. And in doing so, we can get rid of time slots for the negative ones with mm. shows like Extreme Home Makeover and things like that that make us you know, make us get excited. The only problem with the positive-driven shows is if you look at social media and you look online with a lot of people sharing their opinions on stuff, even with the soap-related stuff, which pushed us towards the one family thing, is all you hear is the negative. Right. So we need the people who want to hear positive and see positive to actually speak up and help us support this and get this going so we can have something on a weekly basis available to you. At, at the very least, on our website, once a week we can have an episode throughout the entire year, and we budgeted it in a way where we can keep it as, as cost-efficient as possible, but it still costs money to travel and shoot a show and get it out to you every week. So we, so we need the support of our fans. It's it's really about taking back reality and making it real again. I mean, right. so much of that reality isn't real, and like you're saying, right. it's so easy on social media I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a, a, my Twitter feed. It's so easy to go on and say something negative. But right. correct me if I'm wrong, it takes just as much time to type the 140 characters of something positive as it does to say 140 characters of something negative. And, Dan, it's amazing to me how you only hear 
from the negative aspect, well, not only, I mean, but a small percentage. The, the majority of people that speak up are the ones that are complaining about something. If we could get the guys out there that positively want to support to speak up, you can make a change. It's it's absolutely right. And, you know, just to interject with something, I mean, that's one of the things that I deal with in running a website is I want the message boards on my site to be a place where people can celebrate the soaps. I didn't make a place for people to come and complain. I realize I can't control all of social media. But for me, if you're tuning into a show, why not talk about what you like? Why not talk about the stars that you love? Why not, in this case with Perfect Day, not only get a chance to unite a fan with the actor or actress that they love, but in the process, be able to do something positive. That, to me, is why I keep asking you guys to come back, because I believe so strongly that you get back what you put out into the universe. And I would rather, you know, if, if it comes down to it, if it proves that it's not true, I would rather go down sending out positive energy than to not have put out that positive energy. Well, we appreciate what that, said, What you just said... Doc and I had a conversation this morning. I refuse to stop being who I am, and Doc also. We go out of our way. I mean, it, and you get rewarded once in a while, but the majority of the time you don't, but you can't stop being who you are. Right. And we just, we just want to keep doing this thing because you know eventually it's going to come back around. You know, and, and what you just said is so true. Well, and what um, we do also, just, just on our level, to, to go from our business as, as, uh, as part of what we do as acting coaches, John and I break things down very simply for actors, asking them, what do you want in the scene and what's keeping you from getting it? And we approach life the same way. And so if you have, you know, if you want good things on television, let's figure out good things to put on there or online or on the radio or whatever it is in your life that you're trying to to create for yourself. Figure out what positively you want and go towards it rather than sit back and negatively bash what's present for you now. And again, what we talk about all the time is when you have when you talk about like what do you want and what's stopping you from getting it, which is life on a day to day basis. Once you bring those two together, this is how character is built. Once you make a decision as to what you're going to do now based upon what I want and what's stopping me, you make a decision. You can go backwards. You can go forward. That is going to be the definition of your character. And, I mean, this is where, you know, we want to help everybody because the definition of our character, and like I said before, Dan, I mean, look, I don't want to be, like, pompous and all this junk, but... I'm a maniac in life, but in terms of the things you take care of, your family, you know, all that stuff, that's where character lives. And we just want to affect the change in everybody's lives in a positive way. It's, I mean, I know that there, I'm looking, all of a sudden I'm, I'm concerned. My Twitter feed has gone quiet. So maybe, maybe people have <laughs> taken that to heart. Maybe they've decided, you know what, you're absolutely right. I can... Uh, grouse and gripe and stuff about something every now and again, but why not tell people what I like? For me, so nobody, and I realize that we're nobody's run- tweeting now that I talked. <laughs> well, I think that they're they're reconsidering. For, for me, what they I've said, and I realize that we're sh- they don't have to stay on the negative. <laughs> it's true, and I, we're almost out of time, so I want to put this up. But for me, if I were a network executive 
And I went on to social media and saw all the people who were saying what they think is horrible. I would have, I would cancel a soap because I wouldn't realize that there are people out there who love this show. So go out there, tell people why you like stuff. You can also complain and grumble and, and do whatever after the fact, but always start with that positive because it's so important. And again, that's why I enjoy having both of you here to make sure that we can remind people why we love these soaps. Uh, John, Doc, thank you so much for dropping by. I want to let everybody know that the information, all of the links to the Indiegogo campaign, to the Payos Revolution website, they are all there that on, not only on our Soap Central Facebook page, our Soap Central Twitter feed, the Soap Central Live Twitter feed, they're also on soapcentral.com slash radio, everywhere that you can possibly think to go that's related to Soap Central, we're going to have a link to there. And hopefully, uh, for both of you, we'll be able to send you over some uh, some of our traffic, some of our, our wonderful listeners who understand the value of being positive, and we can make perfect day happen. That would be oh, great. And, and Dan, one final thing too, uh, for those uh, those fans of yours that are in the New York area, we have a contest going right now on our website to reward those loyal fans with an opportunity to go to the premiere of the Prospect Parks, uh, 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 the Prospect Park premiere of One Life to Live and All My Children. Uh, so be sure to go visit there and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, as Dan said because we'll also be sharing pictures from those events as well as having many more opportunities contest-wise when we get the opportunity to reward those fans. And as an added bonus, whoever wins your tickets, they may have the opportunity to see me. I don't know if that's a plus or a minus, but I will be there as well. So if you want to see me, you can enter the contest and get a chance to see me too. If you don't want to meet me, still enter the contest, and I'll do my best to avoid you. But I'm going to enter a contest. Your picture. Just make sure you post your pictures so they can avoid you if they want to. I will definitely do that. Thanks to both of you for dropping by. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Dan. Bye, yeah. Bye. Now, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we also have something this week that we have been dealing with here at SoapCentral.com, and we've lost one of our columnists, Allison J. Waldman, who was not only ours, we shared her with the entire soap community. She had a syndicated column. She was also a wonderful and huge fan of Barbara Streisand. I've put together a little tribute. We'll be back here next week at the same time, Fridays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. But I want to leave you today with this very special tribute to Allison J. Waldman. Earlier this week, the soap opera world lost one of its biggest champions, Allison J. Waldman. After a long and courageous battle, Allison lost her fight with cancer. In her storied career as a journalist, Allison paid meticulous detail to everything that she wrote. We were blessed to have had her share her wit and her critique in SoapCentral.com's Two Scoops columns for The Bold and the Beautiful and The Young and the Restless. Now, as is the case with any good soap story, there were forces conspiring to keep us apart. Okay, so maybe that's not really the case, but I happen to know that Allison loved good hyperbole, so hopefully she appreciates this story. The truth is that neither one of us ever thought to reach out to the other to find out if we'd be interested in working together. I figured that a well-known journalist wouldn't want to be part of a website, and Allison thought that a new high-fangled media publication might not want to be saddled with someone from print. Fortunately for all of us, in 2008, Allison became part of the SoapCentral.com team, and she quickly became one of our biggest cheerleaders. Hello, friends. This is Allison Waldman, your 
weekly two-scooper, recapper, and uh, soapcaster, talking about everything that's happened in the past week on the soaps, and uh, looking ahead to the next week, and hoping you all are having a good weekend. So uh, let's start by talking about some kind of sad news. Soap Opera Weekly magazine is uh, out of business. But... A lot of that is because you're coming to SoapCentral.com where you're getting daily news and daily recaps and weekly two-scoops and Soap Central Live and all the other good stuff that Dan's putting together. So, Soap Opera Weekly, bye, and come to SoapCentral.com, okay? With Allison, a quick two-minute call with a question about a column idea would probably turn into an hour-long discussion of, well, just about everything except what she called for in the first place. But when it came time to write her opinion column, Allison definitely had a lot of opinions, and she was sure to get fans talking. How anybody could have control of the business other than Eric and Ridge is beyond me. They're the two designers. All we have to do is say, we're not going to design anymore. Take your shares and screw you. Yeah, I think the only business that was run worse in 2011 was ABC Daytime. Oh, my God. Well, yeah. Then you know what? We could all teach those folks a thing to about stuff, couldn't we? <laughs> we probably could. So Nothing's as weird as passions would, let's face it. I mean, <laughs> that was really over the top. I mean, this was the stupidest storyline, insulting to the intelligence of the viewer, and absolutely maddening, because you wanted to, you just, you know, you were like yelling, it was one of those yelling at the TV screen kind of storylines. Allison's passion for soaps was second to none. Okay, well, maybe that's not true. She was a huge, huge fan of Barbara Streisand. Allison wrote what may be the definitive collection of quotes, photos, and information about Barbara Streisand. In fact, Ms. Streisand herself was so touched when she learned of Allison's passing that she issued a statement on her official website that read in part, I was very saddened to hear of Allison Waldman's passing on Monday. She had been struggling bravely for many years to beat cancer. I knew Allison over the years as a very good writer and a kind and loyal fan of mine. She was always wonderful to me. She was dedicated to the accuracy of the news she conveyed, and she shaped her stories with great style. I was so happy to finally get to meet Allison at my Brooklyn concert this past fall and to be able to thank her personally for her encouragement and dedication. I extend to her family and friends my heartfelt sympathies. She will be certainly missed by all of us. And now as we say goodbye to Allison... I can answer one of the greatest questions with decisiveness and clarity. If we had the chance to do it all again, would we? You bet we would, Allie. We love and we miss you. Okay, so that's it for this week. This is Alice Waldman, Two Scooper, Soapcaster, Recapper, and SoapCentral.com expert. <laughs> Signing off. Take care. Bye-bye.
Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaVariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.